0: and welcome to That Tech Pod. Um, we have a very exciting bonus episode for you. Uh, I am Gabby Schulte, one of your co-hosts, and here with me is Laura Milstein. You know her. Hey, everyone. And Kevin Albert, a forensic expert. He's going to help us digest what we have going on, and here's what we're gonna do. Laura and I also, in addition to tech, we love true crime and what we thought we would do from time to time is bring a bring to you uh interesting true crime true crime cases that involve tech and so this is what we have um and Kevin good good to have you with us
1: thanks i'm excited
0: to be here again Yeah, so this is what's going on. And Kevin, let us know if you've heard of this before because it's a really interesting case. So, um, this is from the New York Post. Um, There's a lot of articles about it, but this is just one of the ones that we grabbed. So, Britain's most wanted woman has been captured and thrown in a Spanish prison after nearly a decade on the run. So, this is from March 1st. Um, So, this is not. This is not very old. It's kind of just happened. So basically, I'm not sure if I'm going to say her name correctly, but her name is Sarah Paninsky. Paninski.
2: Laura, do you know it? Do you know it all? You know, honestly, that sounds so correct that if it's, okay. if it's not correct, somebody reach out to us and, and yeah, tell us. Is correct. We're gonna yes. go with it. We're, We're gonna, gonna go, go with this. it. Sarah Paninski.
0: Yeah. Uh, she's 47. She had been a few. Fugitive since she was convicted in uh, 2013 of laundering up to uh, 1.3 billion dollars for a VAT fraud group. So Sarah uh, was included on a list of Britain's most wanted fugitives after absconding in May 2013 before the end of her trial as a senior member of a crime group involved in the VAT fraud. Um, Have you guys ever heard of this, Laura? You actually brought it to me, but so what? What kind of did you hear about? Kevin, why don't you tell us?
1: i mean this was one of their biggest um you know tax fraud cases um you know in a really long time um you know the vat is is basically like a sales tax um you know people are familiar with income tax and corporate tax um you know over over in europe and, and most of the world actually um the you know the taxes are basically deducted directly from you know your income um, but then obviously you have like you know special taxes like the vat um that basically is, is it's more of like a sales tax that's added on um after the fact and you know sometimes you see businesses will pass that along to the customer um, Um, You know, and for most of the people, the people are willing to just kind of pay it because it's basically the thing that keeps society afloat, pays for the roads and the bridges and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And Laura, what did you like? What was it about this case that kind of really talked to you? And why did you want to bring it to the tech pod?
2: so i was interested in this case for a few reasons one i mean let's just look at the fact that uk is most wanted you have a woman here you never really hear about like women out there committing crime and when they do you're thinking like okay yeah elizabeth holmes cool um that inventing anna and all of a sudden it's like women that are portrayed in this way but i kind of want to give her some credit i know it's a little bit like i always take that side of like listen i know it's fucked up but it's also like intelligent in a lot of ways but I think it's a little bit what I like is she was hiding her husband was apparently coming on like weekends to give her food and she wasn't leaving her house during the week it was so creepy because I'm like how did he get there on weekends and no one knew how do they stay married and he's just like does he actually work for her or are they may like I don't get it and then she was wearing like a bunch of different wigs and there is somebody who I'm not going to say who it is, but like in the e-discovery world, there is this one woman who like wears wigs and does weird shit and it makes me think of her. And I'm like, could it there? They could be related. But anyway, she was out walking her dogs when they caught her. And I also like first instinct was like, where are the dogs? Are the dogs okay? Yeah. Um, but I wanted to bring Kevin on and, and to really dive into it because I think we underestimate cell phones. And when we look at like, how did she get caught? What was she actually doing? when you're thinking like that and cell phones to me like if i don't know i'm thinking okay so she bought phones and sold them like what is the fraud why was she doing this how was she making money and so you know kevin you are constantly doing forensics with phones and i thought it would be you know tell us more i think i think you're perfect for this
1: Sure. I mean, some of my perspective comes from living in Ireland for a few years, and and you know, living with you know the, the VAT and kind of understanding it from that perspective as well. Um, and basically, um, anytime you have, I think it's um, eighty five thousand euro um, in a twelve month period, you need to basically register for the VAT. And um, and basically, people don't typically dodge the VAT per se because um, it's really like the end customer who's paying you for it, not really the businesses. Um, but basically, anytime a company is selling goods, um, they basically you know have two choices: they can either um, pass that like the VAT on to the customer, or they can basically take it out of their own side. Um, and so, you know, if you have you know somebody who is selling a product and in one customer or one business, excuse me, is charging twenty percent more because they're you know basically passing that along, you know, and another one is going to be charging less because they're eating it. Um, you know, you're typically going to go with the company that's you know that's charging the lower price. And so, you know, to keep things competitive, um, you see people basically are incorporating the VAT into their price, um, and then basically taking less income income. You know, in this situation, it seems like uh, she was basically buying um, imports, you know, bringing them into the UK, and then basically not paying the VAT at any point. Um, And so she was basically, it's more of like a financial accounting fraud than anything else. Um, You know, they she was basically, you know, not charging the VAT on import, which is obviously what you're supposed to do. And then you're supposed to then pass it on to the customer, and they're supposed to pay it back. Um, But she was basically not doing that second piece at all, and basically pocketing that that profit.
2: And Kevin, just when you're saying all this, I think one of the reasons I think she didn't get caught for so long and was so successful is because when you're going to another country, you're going anywhere and you're traveling with cell phones, you're not thinking about that. People aren't like, must be fraud when it's just cell phones. And it's interesting that we do underestimate something as simple as phones. And when when you're doing these things, and I'm also kind of like, who was buying this from her? Like, I visual, her like posting up in like a grocery store parking lot, pop in her trunk and just stand in there and be like, you want a phone? I got some phones.
1: Sure, because you think normally, like if you go to like a you know the Verizon store, the Vodafone store in Europe, you know you're typically gonna you know you're gonna have to fill out forms, there's gonna be contracts, there's gonna be all those things. And you know she might have been selling these two businesses, but most likely she was selling these two individuals. You know either in some sort of you know little bodega or some sort of you know small you know thing, and but just doing it in a massive scale. I think that's sort of the interesting thing on this. You know because again in the grand scheme of things, like you know it's not a ton of money that you're making per phone, but if you do it a massive scale to get to 1.3 billion. um, This had to have been just a huge operation. Um, You know, many, many players, many actors, um, just for this type of scale.
0: Yeah, no, it's really interesting. And, you know, just reading a little bit more, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons that they had such a hard time finding her was because um, she would use different IP addresses for, um, you know, the, the different company accounts. And so she would manage them remotely. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Kevin, is, from like a data forensics point of view like what is your best guess and that you know not a, a whole lot of details about how she was captured um but what is your best guess of like how do you think the police eventually found her you know she was walking her dog while she was arrested and again we are very concerned about the dogs if anyone knows anything about the dogs please tell us but um yeah Kevin like what do you think happened here
1: so my understanding is basically, um, you know, they were, she was using a VPN to basically shield her identity, um, and likely, you know, her location. And so you can basically conceal your IP, um, your IP is set by your, um, your internet provider. And so, you know, again, if you have, you know, Verizon well, files, they give you your IP. Um, but if you go through a VPN, you can mask your location and, you know, you see it in movies where people are, you know, like they're tracking down and, you know, they're trying to find what's happening here or there. Um, and they're, you know, yeah, you know, pinging off of one cell tower to another cell tower to another. Cell tower. Uh, my understanding, in, in reading this article and, and reading, you know, about this case, is that that's how they found her. They basically were able to sort of decode her IP and find, you know, sort of backwards, um, you know, compatibleness of, of going through and trying to figure out exactly where she was and tried to locate her. Um, and she had family in Spain and she had been living, you know, kind of off the grid, but in proximity to her people. Uh, um, but she was using that, you know, she was using an IP masker to basically, you know, hide where she was. But ultimately, she was still staying within the grid and the proximity of where she had. Been um, and so they were using the location and sort of known entities because um, most people aren't going to truly truly go off the grid. You know, as Laura mentioned, her husband was bringing her food. You know, she had to at least be within a certain proximity of, of where she was, and so they're using sort of like um, overlapping towers and being able to say a lot of the information is going to this tower, a lot of the information is going to this tower. Therefore, we can sort of triangulate and say you know she must be in this area. Um, and then they were you know from what the, you know the article was saying, they were using like satellite footage and you know being able to use you know sort of cams from um, that's you know ATMs and different stores to be able to like hone in on where she was, and then you know um, SWAT teamed her in and and basically scooped her up.
0: Wow, um, this isn't like that good of an analogy or like a similar situation at all. But I can't help but think of the movie Zero, Zero Dark Thirty when they were looking for Osama bin Laden and they were using like satellite images and and all this thing to triangulate. Same his- thing. Same and, thing, and God, bur- like, so,
2: relatable. so relatable. And, like,
0: burner phones, not saying,
2: like, she's equivalent. <laughs> I th- to- oh, wait, <laughs> I, I think the like phones that. they used in that were from her, probably. Obviously, yeah, probably, it's right? Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> we're joking, obviously. Please don't sue us. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> so um, I thought that, that that part was especially interesting, and it just made me think of, like, just that we're being tracked like all of the time, even if like we're doing things that we think are kind of like saving us from being tracked, um, we still just are very much, are very trackable. <laughs>
1: Sure, I mean, you know, when we do a forensic investigation on phones, it's amazing how much information is there. You know, you think you know putting significant locations on your phone is you know great because it's gonna you know the map the maps are gonna tell you exactly what's around you and all that. And so for convenience, you know, it's certainly helpful. But then you know when you actually go and do an investigation in the phone, it's amazing how long the information is stored. You know where that information is just readily available, and you can you know pinpoint people you know within you know a few meters of where they actually really are, and it's amazing. And that information is just stored in the unencrypted container on a cell phone and just readily available at any time. Um, and so, you know, you don't even really need to do a whole a hardcore forensic exercise on it. Um, you really just have to, you know, pull the information using, you know, sort of traditional forensic software um, and all that information is just there in open text.
2: Yeah, I also, you know, I don't like to give like full credit to people that are committing fraud. I think fraud is bad, no one do it. But I mean, talk about a hustler. <laughs> Because as you said earlier, Kevin, selling like a phone here and there, like that's not making her money, that's really worth committing fraud. But the level of phones, the number of devices that she had to have been selling to make enough money to make it worth doing this for her, I mean, a little bit of credit to that. Like, talk about an entrepreneur. I think we should all do it the right way. Don't commit fraud. But at the same point, you know, good for her for trying to hustle. <laughs> I just want to, you know, give her a little bit of credit here. You know, you could have done better. Like, don't do fraud. You know, if you're going to, like, be better. Don't get caught. But, you know, kudos to the hustle. She Was she Britain's number
0: most wanted woman? Okay. I wonder what Britain's like, just most wanted criminal is because when I think I mean, yes, we are very against fraud and tax fraud. But when I'm thinking of like, just police efforts, like they spent nine years tracking this person down, like, can you spend some time like, you know, I don't know looking up like violent criminals
2: maybe too. Yeah, because that is a thing, like you spent nine years or whatever it was, like trying to find someone because she was selling phones. Like, what in the world? Like, can we, I agree with that. Like, I think it's important and I don't want to like devalue the amount of, you know, money that is there. I mean, it is fraud and there is data on these phones and there is a lot of illegal, it's important to catch these people and not to do it. But, yeah, I mean, come on. And and women, if you're going to commit fraud, like, can we step up so it's not like the number one most wanted woman is for, like, selling cell phones? Like, come on, give us something better than that. Ladies, step up.
1: I mean, I think some of it was the scale of this. But, yeah, no, typically it's like murderers or, you know, things on a larger scale. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is you know, to get to one point you know um, three billion, I mean this is a massive operation. Um, you know you're not talking you know a couple of phones here or there on the side. you're talking about you know thousands and thousands. and so you know I do think that piece of it is pretty interesting. There must have been a massive network of of people behind the scenes, um, you know, sort of because it's this process you're importing from one country, you're selling so you have to get through you know the import process, the export process um, on both sides of this and then the you know the obviously the financial accounting fraud side of this. Um, you know, that to shield all that money is, um, is an exercise in its own right.
2: And Kevin, for the people that she sold all these phones, like, can they, because I assume data with phones, can they track the phones that were sold? Could those people be arrested for buying these phones? Like, I think it could really, I don't think it would be worth their time. Like, I'm going to arrest you for buying a cell phone from a random person. But hypothetically, if they wanted to track down anyone who had bought these phones, is that Possible to do? Um, it certainly
1: depends on the phone. It kind of depends on um, you know how that process is done. I mean, obviously there's an ID in the phone, um, but most of the the you know when it, the phone connects to the network, it's based on the you know the chip uh, you know inside the SIM card, um, and so that's typically what you would use to track the phone itself. Um, and those are swappable; they're they're fairly you know easily to take in, take out. And so I would think the the individuals themselves are probably likely not a target in this. Um, you know, they should have obviously done their part. You know, paid their piece the VAT tax um, and all that. But I think from the, you know, the investigative side, um, typically, the the end purchaser is not going to be the one who's going to be, you know, know, complicit in this and, and, you know, the target of the investigation, um, you know, where this really came into play um, was with the fraud side of this, you know, due to the scale of this, and not really the end customer per se.
0: Well, Kevin, this has been so informative and fun. And we thank you for joining us for this conversation
1: absolutely I um, again thanks for having me I'm always glad to be on the on the pod.
2: Thanks, Kev. And uh, for everyone listening, if there is a fraud, crime, tech murder, anything out there that you want us to talk about, please reach out to us. We are open to discussing more tech crime series from that podcast coming to you hot when we feel like it randomly. You'll never know when. <laughs> Keep on listening. Check us out at www.thattechpod.com. And again, reach out to us at contact at That tech pod. Dot com.